0: What's going on, guys? Your boy Elroy here, and welcome back to the Your Boy Elroy MMA Podcast. I am your host, Josh Preppigina, back again for another jam-packed week of MMA, leading into this weekend's card, UFC 265. But first, thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful evening. If you don't know, I upload every Friday at midnight (laughs) as opposed to the last two weeks where it's been like kind of in the middle of the day. But uh, no stress, we're here. Before getting into the news, as always, I would like to thank my listeners. Uh, If it's your first time here, if you've always been here, thank you so much. I adore you for tuning in, and if you haven't, five-star ratings and reviews on this podcast on whatever preferred platform you listen to this show. Um, If you like the show, if you don't like the show, let me know. Um, I would love to hear your feedback, but let's get into the news. First off, for the news, we want to congratulate the uh, goat, (laughs) someone who is not you know, has not been limited to a ton of jokes on this show in the past few years. Artem Lobov on calling it a career after his loss in Russia earlier this month. Or oh, wow, it's actually, uh, it's August. So late last month, he he took an L in a bare knuckle fight. In Russia, and after that, decided to call it a career. So, uh, congratulations on a career. Uh, Artem Lobov is someone that, no matter win, lose, or draw, he's always garnered some type of interest to himself. Um, You can kind of say because of Conor McGregor, but you know, Artem is the one cutting promos for himself. So, you got to give it to the guy for, despite his skill and record uh, has garnered a ton of interest to himself, and, you know, at one point from his UFC release was almost must-see television, you know, he was the biggest name signed to BKFC at the time, and, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was fun to watch him, and, uh, always a really good interview, so I hope to hear from him soon on one of these major platforms, and, uh, hear how he feels about the decision to step away from active competition. But congrats, man. Like I said, you've, you've done more than your record says. So that's great for you. Sticking in bare knuckle uh, fighting championship, sorry. Uh, a big news item for this week is the return of Chad Money Mendez. Uh, we heard rumors of this last week when... You know, he was said to be lined up to be on Rogan this week. And he announced pretty early in the podcast that he is returning to competing, but not for the UFC. He has got his the blessing from the UFC to join the BKFC squad. He will be debuting, I believe, in October for BKFC at 155. So he's looked great, you know, someone who is criminally underrated um, and very, you know, pivotal in the Conor McGregor story because of what the outcome was at the end. But go back and watch that fight. I bet you'd feel a lot different about Chad Mendez after watching that fight. Um, But I am looking forward to seeing him in BKFC. BKFC has done a great job garnering talent and interest and all that. So I'm looking forward to seeing more talent jump ship to BKFC. And our tough review for this week is a bittersweet one. Um, You know, I was pretty much in... You could say win-win, but in reality, it was lose-lose situation for for this week's tough episode. We had the middleweight semifinals, Andre Petrowski versus Brian Battle, and uh, obviously me being born and bred Philly boy, I was rooting for Petrowski, but... I knew in the back of my head that it wouldn't hurt if battle won since I am now a citizen of Charlotte, North Carolina, and he's about 15 minutes up 485 or down, down 485 in Matthew. So, you know, I guess you could say it was win-win. Whoever won, I would be happy. It was bummed to see Petrowski tap, but, uh... Battle's tough, man. I'm, I'm rooting for him to go all the way now after that victory. What a guy. What a story. If, if just watching that episode, it was so emotional, you know, for him. Because he, he really is someone who wears his emotions on his sleeve. He loves his wife. His wife is pregnant. I couldn't imagine, you know, being away six weeks during my wife's pregnancy. Like, uh, I spent so much time with her while she was pregnant that six minutes would bother me let alone six weeks so congrats man i'm looking forward to seeing you more i'm rooting for you and hopefully i could actually talk to him in person soon enough uh, prior to the final so we will work on that but let's get into this week's fight announcements as always brought to you by mma fight night live on instagram Thank you so much, MMA Fight Night Live, for putting these up every week. Here we go, starting with maybe the fight of the century. I don't know. This is a phenomenal fight. Two guys that I am a huge fan of, but one obviously sticks out. If you guys listen to this podcast, you know Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje for the Most Violent Man title part two. I cannot wait. Uh, this allegedly is going to be contested in, I believe, MSG. So if that happens, this is going to be insane. I cannot wait to see these two lightweights get in the ring and battle it out. Moving on to another killer fight. Paulo Costa returns against Marvin Vittori. We have the flyweight debut of Cordy Garbrandt. He will be taking on Kai Kara France. We have an amazing fight at women's flyweight with Joanne Calderwood versus Alexa Grasso. The star from a few weeks ago, Islam Mahachev is back later this year to take on Rafael Dos Anjos. That fight has been made. Two or three times already, I believe. (laughs) Looks like the UFC is trying to rebook Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez for November 13th. We have, this is a bit of a spoiler, but it doesn't matter. Sean Strickland versus the returning Luke Rockhold. Then we have Alexander Volkov versus Marcin Chibura. That will round us out. Now, let's get into your semi-live, semi-delayed reactions from this past Saturday. Full disclosure, I am recording this Sunday right after the fights. So, I just wanted to talk about quickly because I'm still kind of on a high. It's 4.21 in the afternoon. My wife and kid are at the pool. And I took a nap, quote-unquote, a nap. Uh, with full intentions to record this now, just to to kind of relieve myself of this Hypeness that I have in my chest from this past weekend because it was such a fun weekend So let's start off with the UFC fight night I actually started watching this fight night at the Jason Witt versus Brian Barberina fight Fight of the night for that card A uh, Really fun fight, honestly, while I was watching it live I had it a slight edge to Brian Barberina, uh, but this fight was a barn burner. These guys were just, you know, they were kickboxing. You know, there wasn't too much takedowns to worry about. They were throwing heavy shots. I think Brian Barberina didn't really lose a step in there. And Jason Witt is just so tough, man. You know, he, he almost got out of there in the third, but uh, was able to turn it around. And turn it into a victory by majority decision, man. A great fight. I can't wait to see Bam Bam back in there. And good on Jason Witt for getting the victory. The fight after that, we had something something that I didn't even cover in the preview. But turned out to be a great fight. Uh, both these guys debuting in the UFC. Colin Anglin versus Melsic Ryan Um... This fight was a lot of fun, too. This Colin Englund guy is really good, but this Melsic guy is way better finishing in the second round by head kick and following up with some punches to get the TKO victory. Uh, Both these guys are really dynamic. Colin Englund, how can I describe him? He reminds me of, like, kind of like how Henry Cejudo's fighting stance was for a little bit uh, with with less success and... uh, Melsick is extremely dynamic. He he throws a lot of kicks, a lot of high kicks, and uh he showed that with the finish, man. These guys are, are both two of these guys are both to uh watch in that UFC featherweight division, man. It, they're they're very, very talented, and melsick I, I see a lot of potential in him. Then we move on to Jared Gooden versus Nicholas Stoltz. Jared Gooden taking this fight on short notice and uh the thing that I always find funny about Jared Gooden is that he never really shows much emotion. You know, you watch him and you're like, this guy, is he ever happy? And there was something about the pre-fight that I noticed that, that he did have smile on his face. And, you know, it looked like he was he was ready to, to enjoy his time in the cage. And boy, did it show. He finishes Nicholas Stoltz in the first round in the first minute of the first round, I'm sorry, by a, a right cross, puts him down, finishes him off on the ground, and uh, just power, man, power shots by Jared Gooden, that's that's what you expect from him, especially when you look at him, you're like, oh, this is a big, strong guy, he's going to throw hard, and he did, and he, and he knocked this dude out. Uh, moving on to our co-main event, a co-main event that, you know, had went through a ton of changes, you know, we had, Chris Dawkins versus Shamil Abdurahimov at first. And then we had the Hani Yaya fight. Both of those fights obviously fell off. And it ended up being two contender series women starting off with Cheyenne Bays versus the Gloria DePaulo. Both beautiful women, but damn good fighters as well. So that's what we'll focus on. Cheyenne gets it done by head kick in the very first round you know it was real close I got nervous because I couldn't tell if Gloria Paula's hand got up before Cheyenne threw that kick and she just put everything she had into that kick and puts Gloria down finishes her off with punches on the ground congratulations to Cheyenne Bays. she finally gets that victory in the UFC that she so desires and I think you know kind of like a star making performance man she is incredibly talented and if you look at where Montserrat Ruiz is now that could have been Cheyenne's spot if she didn't get headlocked to death so let's hope for a big bounce back from Cheyenne Bayes this was great and you know what honestly I'm looking forward to seeing more of Gloria DiPaolo it's unfortunate that she didn't get the showcase much skills, you know, it was a sixty second fight, but there's still time, man. Very young in her career. And then the main event, Sean Strickland versus Uriah Hall. It goes to full five. And there was not a second in this fight where Sean Strickland wasn't winning. He dominates Uriah Hall. And, you know, I hate to bring it up again, but that's what we talk about with Uriah Hall. You can read him like a book and and you knew. You knew once he took a couple strikes, all right, it's over, and you kind of expected as long as Sean can avoid some of the dynamic striking from Uriah, that this is going to be a long night for him, and it was. You know, Sean almost got him out of there. I don't know if he wanted to go to five rounds, but because uh, he's ha- he had a lot of chances to finish him with with his hands, and he just you know tried to take him down or you know just really exhaust Uriah and. And he and he did exhaust Uriah, but Uriah never had a dog in the fight. I never saw the tide turn. Sean Strickland is strictly business in there. Now, here's my issue. We talked about this before, where I see these contenders, and they're great, you know? But this is 185. And I look at someone like Sean Strickland, who who's a lot of fun to watch, but how are you going to fight Robert Whitaker like that? How are you going to face an Izzy? Like that, you can't jab Izzy to death. You're not gonna jab Robert Whitaker to death. It's a, it's gonna be a long night if he doesn't switch it up and and you know improve on his game. You know he's got good boxing, but what happens when <laughs> when Robert Whitaker's teep kicking you to death, or or you know Israel Adesanya is throwing leg kicks that you're not gonna be able to walk by the end of the night. Like it's gonna be a long night. So hopefully these guys you know it's a progressive ladder you move up and up he moves up after this fight and i don't expect him to uh, excuse me fight these guys but at this time but he will eventually and and if he does i think it's going to be a long night so let's improve on those skills Sean. man you're a lot of fun but i want to see more out of you so that was the ufc let's get to the real main event bellator 263 live from the forum in inglewood california wow what a night of fights for bellator let's just highlight some of the undercard winners georgie Karkanian gets the submission victory over Kiefer crosby hassan magomed sharipov gets the tko victory over jonathan chiarez uh this is Zabit's little brother. He's 6-0 right now in the 145-pound division. So good on him for getting started. We had Godzi Rabinov defeating Daniel Carey by TKO in the very first round. As well as Goti Yamaguchi defeating Chris Gonzalez in the very first round by TKO as well. Islam Mamadev. Getting the victory over Brent Primus by split decision. Very close fight. I had it scored for Mamadev as well. And then let's get into the big guns of the night. Personally, someone who I was really excited to see this night and been excited since his debut, he delivers Usman Namurga-Madoff defeats Manny Murrow by TKO in the very first round. Knee to the body. This was This was... violent. This was everything I wanted to see out of Usman. We know he has grappling because he is an Emmerga But we want to see the striking. There's something about these, these Dagestani guys that ever since Khabib stepped away, we see the evolution and striking for these guys now. They know that wrestling is their bread and butter. That sounds awful. Their bread and butter. But their striking is just on such a higher level than these guys that came up before them. And it's great to see Usman. He's young. He's long. He's tall. This is this is great. To be in Amurga Madoff, to have that base in wrestling, and then to have this really great striking is perfect. He's undefeated now, 13-0. I cannot wait to see more of him. In the co-main event, We had Emmanuel Sanchez versus Mads Brunel. Brunel getting it done weirdly by unanimous decision. Um, I personally had it scored for Emmanuel Sanchez 29-28. I thought that he did more of the damage. I think he controlled more of the pace. I did not understand the score at all. But you know what? Some judges view wrestling a lot higher than damage. And even in that case, I still don't know if Mads Brunel did enough to win this fight. Yes, he had seven takedowns, but was he able to do anything with those takedowns? I didn't think so. So Good on him. Um, I don't know what's next for him, but uh, I would still like to see Emmanuel Sanchez versus a lot of these guys. He is that good, and he is that much fun to watch. Like You can't put him away unless your name is Patricio Pitbull. (laughs) But let's get into the main event, why you're all here today. The double champ, one of the best of all time when it comes to this promotion, Patricio Pitbull versus the young stud, 17-0, AJ McKee. Uh, This one goes a minute 57 for the simple fact that for 60 seconds, these guys kind of felt themselves out. Uh, AJ was on the attack for the last 57 seconds. He puts Patricio down with a head kick and then an uppercut. Knocks him out. Fight's not over. Goes back. Lands some more punches. Then tosses on a guillotine choke and Patricio goes out. This felt special. This was a star making performance. This was I'm not willing to say a change of the guard yet because Patricio is still elite. I still think that there are a ton of guys in this upper echelon at 145 and 155 that can't beat that guy. Patricio went in there and he was patient. Unfortunately, McKee was the reckless one that was able to get the finish, Um, unfortunately for Patricio. But fortunately for Bellator, I think this is best case scenario. This felt special to me this felt huge. this was way bigger to me than anything that happened on the UFC earlier today um or earlier that night you know AJ McKee is a star now can he can he back it up against these people that he said you you notice that he he didn't call out anybody in the promotion so for the for the for Bellator's to see that, they're already probably like, damn, man, like, dude, we got people here. You know what I mean? But he didn't call out anybody in the promotion. He's wanting to do super fights, something that is almost impossible to complete in this day and age. But all I care about is the fight, and this was a great performance for him. He gets the million dollars, he wins the Grand Prix, and he is your new bellator undisputed featherweight champion this was beautiful if you hear his if you hear his speech after how much he he thinks about his father and his team he gives them all the credit you know he just he just puts in the work he says it you could have all the talent in the world but if your work ethic sucks you're gonna suck i love it man i'm so happy for this guy and i cannot wait to see more of both these guys And I'm not opposed to Patricio jumping ship soon. I want to see him elsewhere. 32-5 and after this fight. Think about how much experience this man has and what he would be willing to take at the UFC money-wise and the people that he's going to be able to face. I would love to see him versus Volkanovsky. I would love to see... A Max Holloway getting the cage against Pitbull. This is best case scenario for Bellator. I hope they do it again at 155. And then if that belt gets taken from him, I hope he gets one more matchup and then he moves to the UFC. Kind of like what Michael Chandler did because he is a phenomenal fighter, Patricio. But congratulations to AJ McKee, man. I loved... Everything about this week. Everything that Showtime put into AJ McKee versus Patricio was great. It really shows that they really like having Bellator on their roster. And I can't wait to see more, man. This Showtime partnership has been phenomenal. But that was Bellator 263. Thank you, Josh, from last Sunday. Let's talk about this weekend's event, UFC 265. Live from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. In the main event. For the interim heavyweight championship. We have. The Black Beast. Derek Lewis versus Surreal bongamin Gone. Listen. I know there's a lot of hate on this main event. And I just finished watching the news conference for this event in Houston. And uh man, I'm not gonna lie, these guys measure up pretty well in size. Obviously Derek Lewis is the much thicker guy, surreal gone very athletic, very lean. Um this is a pick 'em fight for me because Derek Lewis could knock out a damn boar. You know what I mean? Like that dude it, he's he's been saying it all week, you know, you can do whatever you want, but it only takes one, and it's true, he has, as people call it, the touch of death, like, one-punch knockout power personified is Derek Lewis, but Surreal Gun is one of the most technical, most efficient fighters to join the heavyweight ranks in recent memory, so for me, you know, Technique is very important when you're facing Derek Lewis. You know, Daniel Cormier famously said that Derek Lewis just bench presses guys off of him when he gets taken down. So if Gahn can use his technique to his advantage and really get Derek down and and control him, uh, I think he has the skill to kind of tire him out, you know gas tank isn't the best but let's be honest man we're as much as i enjoy watching Cyril gun ever since he debuted in the ufc i haven't stopped talking about him i swear i haven't and this is incredibly quick to get like your ufc title fight but he's you know he's he's earned it in what he's been able to do recently but let's be honest most people are rooting for the black beast he's a fan favorite He's, you know, besides the, <laughs> it unfortunate enough for him, he's faced some boring competition. But him himself, there's not a boring bone in his body. So, you know, it's a pick 'em fight for me. I like both these guys. I'm just hoping for an entertaining title fight, and I hope that something spectacular happens that night. That is a phenomenal, phenomenal. Main event. No matter what you think about it. (laughs) But that's the main event. Let's talk about earlier in the night. Starting off with the prelims. This card has like sneaky good fights. Starting off the night with Johnny Munoz Jr. Versus Jamie Simmons. We have Victoria Leonardo. Versus Melissa Gatto. One of my favorite fighters to come off of the contender series, Miles Johns versus Anderson Dos Santos. This fight is a makeup from a, f- a month ago, I believe. Something happened. It was canceled. Yeah, uh, looks like the middle of last month. But, you know, Miles Johns in his last fight had a phenomenal finish, so. I'm looking for him to build upon that against the way more experienced Anderson Dos Santos. We have a great fight at 125. Unfortunately, a fall from grace for Manel Cape going from backup for a title fight to uh, fourth prelim of the night. Manel Cape versus Ode Osborne. Let's see if he can get his first ever finish. Manel Cape. In the UFC, we have the return of Karolina Kovaciewicz against a fan favorite for me, Jessica Penne at 115. Jessica Penne getting that great victory in her last fight. Kovaciewicz we haven't seen since uh, early last year. Looks like February last year. She's on a four-fight losing streak. So it's winner go home for Carolina Kovacovic. Then we have Ed Herman versus Alonzo Menafield. That's a tough fight for Ed Herman. We have Draco Rodriguez versus Vince Morales. And my favorite fight of the prelims, an incredible fight the return of Rafael Faziv versus Bobby Green. Let's not forget, Bobby Green. Last year was one of my MVPs for the beginning of the year. He was great. Look at this. 2020. He started off the year in June with a unanimous decision victory against Clay Guida. He was in an incredible fight against Lando Venata. He beat him in August. Then we go to September. He defeats Alan Patrick. All of that to go to October on Halloween, and unfortunately he loses to Tiago Moses. But this is the first time we're seeing him this year. Uh, I think he he had like a botched weight cut in February earlier this year for that Jim Miller fight, but I'm looking forward to seeing Bobby Green. Unfortunately for him, he's going to be facing a killer in Rafael Fazeev. Then we move on to the main card, a banger at Bantamweight, Casey Kenny coming off of that Dominic Cruz loss, going against Song Yedong, coming off of that Kyler Phillips loss. Uh, he should have two losses because he lost to Marlon Vera. I don't care what they say. Then we have a rematch. Uh, this fight happened a while back. Tisha Torres versus the returning Angela Hill. Again, another fun favorite in Angela Hill. That girl always comes to fight, so there's no reason why this shouldn't be a good fight. If she can nullify Tisha Torres' wrestling, uh, it should be all game for Angela Hill. Probably the most slept-on fight on the card is Vicente Luque versus Michael Chiesa. You never know. One of these guys 100% could be fighting for a title, after this win whoever it may be Michael Chiesa I'm not sure if he has all the tools to defeat Vicente Luque but Vicente Luque is always in wars and unfortunately for him I don't think that Michael Chiesa is the war type of guy I totally expect Michael Chiesa to work on getting him to the ground and trying to secure a submission victory on Vicente and then I expect Vicente to kind of blitz him, you know. Remember the Tyron Woodley fight, what Woodley did to him? I think that he has the, the hands to possibly try to do that to Chiesa. Uh, this is an interesting fight. Real tough to pick, man. Real tough to pick. And then in the co-main event, we have one of the greatest featherweights of all time, Jose Aldo versus... Pedro Munoz. Let's not forget, man. Pedro Munoz knocked out Cody Garbrandt. Now I know Cody Garbrandt is, has not had the best, you know, career since that knockout. But let's see what Pedro could do. He did beat Jimmy Rivera in his fight, his last fight before that, and you know, he doesn't, he doesn't get finished. So, for Aldo to try to finish him, it's it's going to be a tough go because Pedro Munoz has a chin on him. So, this should be a great co-main event. UFC 265, shaping up to be a really fun card, even after losing the Amanda Nunes fight. Good on Juliana Pena for showing up to the, uh, the news conference and asking where Amanda was. So, uh, pushing poking, and prodding. That's how you get your way. Good on her for doing that. I cannot wait to see this fight. It's my daughter's birthday on Saturday, so I will be celebrating my daughter while I watch a phenomenal main event in Lewis versus Gone. But that's this week's show. I am Josh Preppigina. You can find me on all forms of social media, Elroy Prepson, one word you can find the show on instagram ybemma podcast as well as teespring teespring.com/stores/ybemma if it's your birthday happy birthday love your mothers i love you mom enjoy the fights this weekend and we'll see you next week